Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we are taking some time to talk a little bit about the spiritual practice of visualization. And many of us have probably actually encountered some form of this in our lives. I think for me, it probably started as early as maybe eighth grade when I started doing sports. And so at the time it was cross country and track, and we would be invited to imagine ourselves doing the race and kind of keeping that steady pace and really going for it on the last leg. And then maybe moving into adulthood. You start to think about, oh, I'm going to do this presentation. And so sometimes there's imagining oneself giving a presentation. But it also works in the spiritual realm as well, right? We might imagine ourselves going to our happy place, quote unquote, as a way of stepping back and trying to calm the mind in order to get perspective. So lots of possibility when it comes to visualization. So as we begin talking about this as a spiritual practice, maybe I'll just open it up. What are the types of visualization practices that you've experienced? So full disclosure, when I was thinking about this topic with you, Christine, and you had brought it up, I realized, okay, the word visualization as it relates to spirituality is a little bit triggering to me. And I will talk about that in a minute, but I don't disagree with you. I think even what you're naming about the sports and public speaking and things like that, so important. And I think for me, as I was sitting with the topic, I like to use the word imagination. And I think probably in my earlier years, I was in a teaching situation and someone was talking about God created our minds, God created imagination. And so what would it look like to use our imagination towards God as part of our spirituality? And we can envision like if we're singing a song or if we're saying a particular prayer, like imagining God or different things like that. And it was like, wow, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that before of using my mind. And actually to your point, the visualization is actually in the scriptures. I was thinking of the story of Abram in the old Testament. And God says like, to look at all the stars and your descendants will outnumber the stars. And to me, that's like an, a near, an ancient near East visualization tactic, right? Where God's saying to look there and to use that as the springboard for your mind to imagine what your descendants are going to be like. And as it turns out, as I sat more with the topic, I'm like, okay, I'm, I get it. And I I do think that visualization is a spiritual practice. I think maybe where I trip up is this idea of you can picture something and then manifest it. And some of that can feel a little bit shallow to me. And so I think taking the opportunities of imagining visualization in maybe a little bit more robust sense is maybe where I'm coming from today. Yeah, that's fair. I think I have a similar reaction to visualization. I think I've I've landed in a space where I can see where it's helpful in my life. But growing up, I grew up in around some church circles and there's a particular movement called Word of Faith and some people would call it a name it claim it type of faith where you pray, you ask God for something and then if you have enough faith, you get it, right? And so there's a degree of visualization in that type of faith experience. And while I have seen that type of faith work out for people, I've also seen the imbalance of it, right? Where if God doesn't show up when you pray, like the deep hurt and emotions that where was God for me in this moment? And so I've seen people leave faith 
or turn their back or some unhelpful ways of connecting with the divine with this practice of visualization. And so I think for me, it's okay. Yes. What do we want to see our life look like? How do we want to see ourselves participating in this thing of life? I see visualization being important, but I think where I get tripped up is whenever it's around financial gain, right? (laughs) This, how can we visualize? But I also know a lot of people that do that as a part of visualization. And I think when it's paired with contemplation, it can actually be a very helpful tool for people. Yeah, those are all really helpful things to think about. And even when you used the word imagination, Christina, I thought of like imaginative prayer, which is really another form of visualizing an actual scene in the Bible, what's happening here or whatever. But yeah, imaginative prayer reminds me of that. And yeah, I guess I have not used visualization in the context of name it, claim it type stuff, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So it's not lost on me. I think one that was weird for me and I had to recontextualize for my own understanding of faith was like the inner light within. So sometimes if you were to like sit in a guided meditation or a prayer time, there's a lot of words that I don't understand in every guided meditation out there. But I do connect with the notion of of God is love and light and joy and that somehow this lives in me. And so it has been useful for me to spend time with that as a reality, to allow that to be more than an abstract, but oh yeah, there's this light and it's shining. You know, there's all these scriptures too about a light, don't hide it under a bushel, right? We sing about it as children (laughs) and put your light on a lampstand and to really say, yes, okay, what does it mean for me to imagine that this light goes out from me into the world and that emanates or it doesn't, right? Or I'm emanating something else. But even in that, because I think getting caught up in my own grumpiness, it can be helpful to have that switch and that time to, there is something else in my life, right? (laughs) There is a spiritual self, not just my circumstance. Chris, I appreciate you naming to the the visualization practices and maybe in a material sort of a sense, but coupled with the contemplative. And I was recently talking with someone and they were engaging in some of these visualization things. And I think recognizing that this can turn really shallow quickly, like I want to visualize myself in a big house or a new car or whatever, and that that felt very shallow, but then sitting with, okay, what is it about the big house? Like, why do you want that? And so the more we talked, and I think there's someone that talks about the multiple layers of why, and like you continue to get deeper. It's like, I would love to host more people in my home. And right now it's pretty cramped. Okay. Why? I want to make sure that people that are on the margins and don't fit the typical family situation, have a place to go. Why? And so the more we went to that, it was like, okay, really? Yeah. Maybe you're wanting a big house and you're picturing that and you can see the porch and the gatherings, but it's really not about ego and saying that you're better than somebody else. And look at me now, because I have this house as we got more to the core of what it was like, actually, I want to be hospitable to people in the margins. And I have experienced that. And I want people to have a safe place to land. And also maybe this person didn't come from a lot of means. And to recognize that even though your beginnings were maybe humble or there were financial hardships, there's possibility in life. And if I can 
be an adult that has this warm, welcoming, hospitable space that's been a desire of mine for years and seeing that come to fruition, there's possibility for others. And so again, as opposed to taking away or making better than it benefits the whole, right? And so I think that's really important that I do think, again, we're naming these different you're right, Christina, God is light and love. And there's all sorts of imagery in the Bible about the bushel, or even in a letter of the New Testament, Paul talks about, and he's speaking to Romans. And so they're very used to like imagery of armor. And he talks about belts of truth and shoes of peace. And he's like offering them a different visualization of very familiar things to them, but that there can be a better way and getting to some deeper things there. And so I do think that there's a, a pairing and a coupling of these things that seem really helpful. Yeah, I appreciate you naming that. I think something else that comes to my mind that I think visualization is great with, I think there are people that tend to maybe gravitate in the headspace, right? (laughs) They live in their mind. Some people have a challenging time connecting the head and the heart. And I find myself being one of those people that if I could connect my head and my heart together, I feel like I am experienced a more well-balanced life of faith. And there's this visualization practice. There's this wonderful book and it's called Conversation, the Sacred Art of Practicing Presence. I think Diane Millis is the author of this book. And there was a poem in there that I really started using as a visualization practice. And the poem is about going inside the cave of your heart and there's a warm fire there. And so whenever I have trouble connecting my heart in my head, that's a spiritual practice that I visualize going into the cave of my heart, putting my hands next to that fire, and then divine presence sitting with me inside. And I find visualization being super helpful as it relates to connecting your head and your heart. I'm glad you guys are saying all these things. Yes, it's very helpful. It also reminds me of the aspects of scripture that can be hard to connect with in certain moments. So if there's something really difficult going on and you know how there can be those phrases that feel a little placating, oh, God'll turn everything to good or it's just find the positive and it's life is too big. There's too many things going on. It feels like placating. feels like ignoring. Sometimes it is helpful for me to be like, okay, here's my problem that feels really big. And if I can make it small and it floats on a leaf and it floats away, it's just perspective and it's not true. And my problem's not really gone per se, or maybe it is. Sometimes it's, oh yeah, that wasn't as big of a deal, but it allows room for whatever encouraging scripture was there to actually come in. Whereas I think sometimes the door is just shut. Like I don't have any space for that encouragement. So I need a way to gain perspective or to slow the brain down, the emotional struggle, things like that. I think that's helpful. And scriptures come to mind, take captive every thought. And so there's this idea of as thoughts are just getting overwhelmed, we can take captive of those thoughts and really bring it into perspective. Just even this morning, it's like there was a situation that's, I don't know what to do. And I just sat with that with a moment and it's like, okay, This is not how I want to spend my day, but I do know what to do. I'm going to make this phone call and make a list of the people that I have to contact and we're going to figure this out and solve it. And so from that came a sense of peace. And so I think, again, I think that these visualizations, we have mental real estate and we can spend it on negativity and spiraling and discouragement, or I can choose to visualize, okay, this is going to work out and there will be peace while not toxic positivity, while acknowledging this is hard, this feels stressful this feels a little bit overwhelming, whatever it is, but recognizing, okay, I can choose a different visualization. And that tends to propel me forward into things. My kid had a recent 
a situation at school where she had to do some presentation and made this thing and was feeling unsure. And like, this is actually good. And so go in with confidence to your point about the eighth grade visualization, Christina, of, you know, and then I emailed her during school. How did it go? And she said, it was great. And people loved it. And so again, you could spend the whole night before worrying and thinking that it's not going to go well, or you can just assume this is great. I did my best effort. People are going to like it. It was a baked thing that she had to do and she was a little unsure of how it was going to taste and whatnot. And it turned out well. So again, I think we have choices to make on acknowledging uncomfortable things that are happening or acknowledging, yeah, there is a little bit of worry. Are people going to like this baked good that I did? But then also I don't have to camp out there. I can visualize a good thing and spend the time that way as opposed to in worry or negativity. That's good. It does remind me of a different sort of visualization that I've heard other people talk about. I don't think I've really tried this one, but this notion of, I think they had a child that was maybe not feeling sure about themselves. And so standing with a certain sort of posture, imagining themselves in a different sort of way, which I mean, there is some, I think, therapy type concepts that move in this way as well. What does the brain ruminate on? And you did mention before, right? Renewal of the mind and think on these things, whatever is good, right? Upright, noble, etc. And how do we get there? And why is it useful? I I once did a meditation. I think it was like the centering quote was about joy being a love affair with life. And so we did this whole thing about what's been good in your day. And really, when I went into that meditation, I probably would have said, oh, this day has been horrible. I haven't gotten as much done as I wanted to or whatever. And then in just sitting there, I realized, look at all this great stuff that's actually gotten done today. Tons of stuff has gotten done, tons of great things, but I hadn't seen any of it because I was so focused on what I wasn't getting to. So yeah, that kind of reminds me of, I guess what you're talking about reminds me of that notion of, yeah, sometimes we just don't imagine our world the way, all the ways. We're only seeing it with the blinders on. And as I'm listening to us today, I think I'm hearing a couple things. One is how does, you know, the contemplative and this imaginative prayer, whatever we want to call it, this visualization in the moment, how does it help us in our present to be present to what is and to be in that space? And then also how does visualization or imagining speak into our future, right? That isn't created yet. We don't know what it's going to be. Again, I'm, I'm a late in life mom. And so when I think about my youngest, I visualize myself as someone that's energetic and fun to be with and a fun grandparent or whatever, even though I'm going to be elderly. And I think, okay, as I'm visualizing myself, I'd rather visualize that than dilapidated and cranky and whatever sort of a thing. And then I think from that, it feeds me where it's, oh, like who are people that are inspiring that already embody that I can in real life take that into and then that kind of feeds. So it's not just some like imaginary thing, but then there's actual like practical things of, wow, like this person has these particular practices that I can also emulate if I want to be that type of a person 20 years down the road or 30 years down the road, et cetera. And again, not knowing what could happen to me tomorrow. But I think, again, having that sense of, I, I do appreciate more having that headspace versus, again, just a negativity. No, that's really good. I was speaking recently with a person in their 80s and they were saying, I know that my body is going to get more frail. I'm getting older and it's been really good so far, but I know what's coming. And she was saying, I want to be able to have that experience with more joy. And so- That does cause us to say, what are the things that we can do to help us lean into that a little bit more, which visualization is good for. Thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like we got to visit all kinds of places. I didn't know where we would go. Thank you very much. 
now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into. What are we into today? I am into thrifting. So my older two kids, particularly actually all three of my kids love thrift stores and finding new treasures. And we recently had my one daughter is in the newsies. So we had to find some costumes. And then my other kid got invited to a gossip girls party. So just fun kind of seeing the treasures at the thrift stores and all that's there. So that's what I'm into. Yes. I I don't know that I'm as into it as you are, but I'm definitely with you as you are there at the thrift stores as well with our children. I'm into something that's boring, but I just, I love this new capo I have. I have a lot of music gear and I want to be so generous with my kids and let them play my guitars, let them use my capos. But when I do that, sometimes they tear up my stuff. And so I have been playing with a capo that the end that like the rubber is coming off of the end and the tip is messed up. And so, so I want to get a new capo and I got this heavy duty G seven third edition capo that it is just, it's amazing. So I'm into capos for guitars. Are you going to hide that one from the children? We'll let that be a mystery. These are great. I am similarly into something related to family. So our first child ever, I'm the oldest of six. My husband's the oldest of five. None of us have ever experienced braces in our household and we have a child going into braces. So we don't know anything about it. And it has come time to think about what are soft foods that a person needs after they get their braces on. And I tend to cook a lot from scratch. And so it actually takes work for me to think, What is easy that I can give to another person when they are feeling really bad, specifically in the mouth? So yes, I have been purchasing all kinds of little things that I think are going to feel like treats. I think this kid's going to want to have their braces on when it's all said and done. So that is what I'm into. Thanks so much, everyone, for being with us. We will look forward to being with you again soon. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.